How many just how many how many can count the ways tonight? Hey Amen. He's just so good. How many could at least list at least five things right off the bat? Five reasons that he is good tonight. Amen. You know, a lot of times we sometimes well, a lot of times we look for the big things, but those little things that are, are what really are important. Amen. And I don't, I'm not going to give you any specifics tonight, but I just thank God He's good. Amen. He got he, we're in here tonight healthy. Amen. We're in a church that loves God. We're in the presence of the Lord. We're with family. That's already a good start. Amen. Well, Sunday we pre- we talked about not quitting. I hope it encouraged you. I hope it challenged you. I hope it gave you a new breath and a new fight to want to wanna keep going. But I want to kind of just piggyback off that tonight and kind of tell you how. How to go the distance tonight. Amen. So p- part of not quitting is understanding that I've just got to have that talent of not quitting. But I want to give you some things tonight that I think will help you realize how to go to the distance. If you were a boxer, you'd have to learn how to get stamina, how to stay in the ring. How many know in boxing, for example, uh, it's not always the stronger fighter. It's the one who has more stamina, the one who can swing longer. And so we are, it's not about our talent tonight. It's about us staying in the fight. And there are some tangible things we can do tonight to help us stay in that. And I want to start off with the most important one. I'm going to give you three or four things. But the number one is that we need to be filled with the power of His Spirit. Amen. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, this is the beginning of the church. It says, in being assembled together, just like we are tonight, he says, with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Amen? Now, I just realized, because I got excited and got in a hurry, that I was going to remind everybody and announce, uh, first of all, welcoming all those that are watching online and then that this Sunday is an exciting Sunday. Amen? We're going to have baptism this Sunday. We're going to baptize, I think, 10 or 11 people this Sunday. It's going to be awesome and powerful. And uh, welcoming some new converts, some new believers. So don't miss this Sunday. And uh, don't forget we have the outreach on the 31st. So go back to that verse, if you would. We were assembled together. And Jesus said, this is what his, what his last words were. He said, don't leave Jerusalem until you go get what you need to go the distance. Okay, that's basically what he's saying. You need to wait for the promise which you have heard from me. So the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says in Nehemiah, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So if we're going to go the distance, we can't do it in our own strength. Right? So, so when we watched that video, and I talked about like you get pumped up and you get excited, there's a physical strength that we have. But we're not talking about physical strength tonight. We're talking about spiritual strength. And how many know if we, deny, if we rely on our strength, we're going to lose? Amen. We're going to lose. Interestingly enough, um, one of my verses, uh, Jesse already took it away from me. Amen. But it was a good one. And it's in Isaiah 40, right, where it says to wait upon love. We'll read that again in a second. But that's, we have to have that spirit working in us. Now, I want to start off tonight uh, understanding that we have to trust... 100% in what God, Jesus did on the cross. Okay, whenever you begin to get away from what Jesus did on the cross, you're going to lose stamina. You know what happens when you begin to get away from the cross? You begin to make it about you. You begin to walk in your power. We've got to remember that when we're weak and we're going through struggles and we begin to think, man, how can I fix this? How can I make it to the end? How can I endure we're putting stuff back on us. 
And Jesus said, I already did it at the cross. Remember that we've been talking about for weeks and months now that Jesus is already at the finish line waiting for us. So he already finished the work. He said, it is half finished at the cross, didn't he? It is finished. So he already finished the race. He already did the work. And so when we begin to get weak, we have to say, Lord, I'm remembering that you already did it at the cross. I'm going to rely on you and in your power, okay? So number one, the first thing out of four I'm going to give you tonight is we need the anointing. This goes along with that same verse. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So some might ask, what does that mean? Okay, it's mostly used and heard of in the Old Testament where, where Samuel was anointed by Saul to be king, or sorry, vice versa, and there was an anointing there, and they put oil on him. But in the New Testament, for us today, we're going to read a verse in a second. This would be God's hand on our lives. How many know if we're going to go the distance, we need God's hand on our lives? It's not about us. It's about God. Have you ever heard someone say, that was anointed? Whether it was a song, a message, a prayer, a word, you hear someone say, man, that, that song was anointed. That prayer was anointed. That person is anointed. It means that they this is what it simply means, that they are consecrated or dedicated to the work of God. How many are dedicated to the work of God in here tonight? Okay, so when you dedicate yourself to the work of God, God's anointing comes on you. His power comes on you. And that's exactly what Jesus was telling his disciples. I need you to go wait for the promise and that promise came on him, and that anointing came down on him, and it baptized them in the power of the Holy Spirit, and they changed. They were different people. So we need, how many know we need some, how many parents can say, I need some anointing with my kids? Raising kids, amen? We need God's anointing to, to tell us what to do and what not to do. To tell us when to act and when not to act. To tell us when to go and when not to go. When to do this and when to do that. That's where the Spirit comes in and helps us. Let's look at Luke chapter 4, 17 to 20. And this is a powerful moment in Jesus' ministry. He walks into the temple. He begins to read the Scripture out of Isaiah. Okay, remember that when Jesus was on the earth, there was no New Testament yet. The New Testament wasn't written yet. And so he's reading Isaiah... But we read it now in Luke chapter 4 because it's, it's talking about what he did. And it says, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. So he's in the temple and he reads this book and it says, when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Look what this says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay, that's the anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's got to be a goal for us tonight that when we talk, when we witness, when we go, when we do, God's Spirit is on us. And they're not seeing us. They're seeing God. They're not hearing us. They're hearing God. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. How many can agree tonight that if Jesus needed the anointing, we need the anointing more? He said, the Spirit of God is upon me. He is, he is recognizing that I cannot do anything in my own power. Even though He was God, He was in a physical body. And he says, and why has he anointed? He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to, sorry, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And watch this next verse. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book. You know, today... Someone says, drop the mic. 
Jesus dropped the mic, closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And it said all their eyes were fixed on him. Because they had had people walk into the sanctuary and read before. But when he read, and later on he says, this scripture has been fulfilled right in front of you. Amen? And that's the powerful thing for us tonight. How many know it's a song, it's a service, it's a message? My prayer as the pastor and our prayer as our team is always, not just sometimes, but always, that we would feel God's presence in our services. That we would feel that, that we know he's here, but that we would know he's here. How many understand what I'm saying? Not know he's here, here, but know he's here, here. Feel his presence, feel his anointing, listen to the word of God in a way that it's causing me to want to do something. We talked about this in the ministry meeting, that I would preach a message that when we get done, you don't go, oh, that was a great message. You go, I got to go do something. I got to go do something for God. Something compels us. That's what the anointing does in our lives. So we need the anointing. I could give you lots of it. Here, here's what anointing does too. It tells us what to do in situations where nobody else can help us. How many need the anointing? Tells us what to do when nobody else can tell us what to do. The Holy Spirit can quicken us on the, on the smallest little things. Amen? How many are with me? Smallest little things. You know, I, just, just yesterday this happened to me. And it happens a lot if you let the Holy Spirit allow, allow, allow it to happen in your life. If you pray and ask. I, got, I went to get the oil change on my wife's car and they said, you need a new air filter and you need your windshield wipers changed. And how many know the dealership's going to charge you 50 bucks to do that? I can do it. I can change the oil filter. I can change the windshield wipers and I'll keep the 50 bucks. Right? So, so there's, some, there's some good advice for you. When they tell you that, say, nah, thank you for telling me, but I'll take care of it. And, and they, listen, it was dirty. They needed it. So I went and got the air filter, and I went and got the windshield wipers, and I changed it and did all that. But for some reason, her lights are super low, her, her low beam, and they're like almost non-existent, so we have to drive with the brights on all the time. And the brights will light up the city, which is great, but they'll also light up the people on the other side of the road. So I'm like, I got to change these out. So I got some of those higher beam Lights that are kind of that cost like sixty bucks for the bulbs, so I had to take off, take loosen the fuse box, fuse box and take off the air filter, the whole thing to get in there. And thank God my wife has small hands, so we worked together and she was able to get in there and put that light bulb in because I couldn't get my hands in there. Otherwise, I'd have to take the whole grill off. I mean, that's a pain. So we did all that. We got the light bulbs put and everything. Started and so I started putting stuff back together last night. And all these new car, newer, it's not a six-year-old car, but newer cars have all this computer stuff. So I got in the car to turn it on, and it was like glitzing and glitching and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, no, I've fried the, the computer. So I told Carl, I'm going to bed. I'm going to go to sleep, and the Holy Spirit's going to help me tomorrow morning. I'm going to wake up, and it's going to be a new day. Amen. That's a good thing to do. I woke up this morning, and I was praying. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, those bolts on the fuse box, you forgot to tighten them down. So I went out there and tightened the bolts down on the fuse box, got in the car, <laughs> car started up. That, that's what the Holy Spirit can do. Instead of having your car towed to the dealership or having to call a mechanic, the Holy Spirit can tell you something. Right? How many want that to operate in your lives? And he can do that every single day. Well, he'll speak to you if you ask. I could give example after example. Number two. Here's another thing you can do to go to the distance. 
learn. This kind of ties into number one, what I, kind of how I finished. Number two is you've got to learn to hear that still, small voice, which was that voice that the Holy Spirit said, that, that little thing. If you don't take time to pray and you don't go spend some time with the Lord, you might not hear. Just go tighten those bolts. So you have to learn to hear his voice. Let's look at uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 19 and look at a few verses here. This is a powerful scripture. He says, go out and... S-. Now this is, this, is, this is a few verses here. I think it's 11 and 12 that I want you to write down. And then I want you to read this again later. Not, to, not tonight, maybe tomorrow. Keep reading it. And I want you to realize that this is an, uh, an area where God wants to teach us how to hear his voice. And let me, let me tell you something important. God's not going to speak to you the same way he speaks to me. He's not going to speak to me the same way he speaks to my wife. He's not going to speak to my wife the same way he speaks to your wife or your husband. You have to learn how to hear his voice. Okay? And watch what he says here. He says, go out and stand before the Lord on the mountain. And behold, as the Lord passed by, there was a great and strong wind that tore into the mountains. And broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. Now, I, I, could, I could preach a whole message just on this verse, so i got to push through this, because there's so much different ways you could look at this. But the Lord was not in the wind. You could look at how the, the mountains and the strong wind and all those are things that happen in your life, and sometimes you're trying to hear God's voice, and it's busy. It's crazy, and you can't hear His voice because there's so much chaos going on. He says, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. How many, how many go through earthquakes sometimes? in life but the Lord was not in the earthquake and the next verse says and after the earthquake a fire how many have had some fires in your life and not the good ones right we go Lord give me fire I want the fire I'm talking bad fires well it says but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire what was it still small voice and what that means is He's going to speak different to everybody, but one thing for sure is you've got to get all these distractions out the way so you can hear his voice. And sometimes we cause the earthquakes and the fire and the wind. Or we allow the earthquakes and the fire and the wind. And God is saying, I want to speak to you, but you're too busy for me. One of the ways that we're going to go and make it the distance is that we make time for God. I hope you don't ever get tired of me telling you that because it's, 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 it's what will help us make it. You've got to make time for God. Amen? So you've got to learn to hear His voice. So that means spending quality time with the Lord. How many know what quality time is? It's not the quantity. It's the quality. Okay? So that means your undivided attention. So if you, for example, you say, honey, let's go grab some coffee. Let's go eat breakfast together. Let's go do something together. And you get to the restaurant, and you've allotted this time to go eat breakfast together or lunch or whatever, and you sit down at a meal, and while you're there, you're on your phone, you're doing other things, you're spending time with your spouse, but it's not quality time. Okay? The quality time would be you go do that, Maybe you say, you know what, we don't have time to go get breakfast, but let's sit down and drink some coffee real quick. And maybe it's 10 minutes, but the phones are put away. There's conversation. There's time together, looking eye to eye. How many are following me? So it's not the quality, it's the quality. And God wants us to spend quality time with him. 
And when we get alone with God and we shut out everything else, He'll speak to us. Does anybody know He'll speak to us? So we have to learn. If we're going to go the distance, we've got to learn to hear His voice. Number three. This is important as well. They're all equally important. You have to deal with issues. You have to deal with stuff. Okay? Uh, you have to deal with sin in your life. Things that, 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 that the Holy Spirit reveals to you that's wrong. Things that are uh, an obstruction to the anointing. This, this goes back to the anointing. How much anointing do you want? How much power of God do you want to flow through you? Picture plumbing pipes. Santos would get this better than anybody as a master plumber. Those pipes need to be open and clear, right? For things to, water to flow through them. If those pipes get corroded and they get clogged up, the water doesn't flow through. And that's the way our prayer life is sometimes. It's all clogged up. There's things going. We need it to flow. We need that water to flow. So we need to make ourselves available and open and get rid of those sin issues so that His anointing can flow through us. Because God wants to use us. He wants us to speak and our words mean something. He wants to be able to pray for people, see miracles. If sin is not destroyed in your life, it will grow and it will eventually kill you. Amen? You have to deal with sin. But not just sin. Sometimes it's littler things. They're, they're still sins, but they're, they're not the blatant, big, uh, you know, obvious sin. They're self-pity or rebellion, or jealousy, or a critical spirit, or being self-righteous, or having money issues, or authority issues. There's all kinds of things that we have to deal with on a daily basis with this flesh that we live in. Amen? So you have to learn to deal with those issues. Now, before I get to number four, I want to kind of sidetrack on this, on this same one about dealing with issues. And I want to just, I was thinking about this this afternoon. I want to give you just five things you can write down. So this would be under point three. Five things you can write down that will stunt your growth and cause you not to go the distance. Okay, this, this would be uh, something that would cause you to, to lose your wind. Instead of getting a second wind, this is going to slow you down. This is going to hold you back, and you're going to work extra hard. And this doesn't mean these are the only ones, but these are five that I think are really important. Number one, having a bad temper. A bad temper. You get easily angered. Okay? And maybe it's a lot of the time. Maybe you're angry all the time. Maybe there's something. It's not just every once in a while. You've got a bad temper. A bad temper will destroy your spiritual growth. Because here's why. If you've got a bad temper, you have to spend most of your time apologizing. And fixing the mess ups and saying I'm sorry. So you're wasting time. Instead of, instead of progressing, you're, you're going backwards, and then you're stopping, and you're going backwards even further, and God wants you to go forward. Okay, so a bad temper, a, a, a spirit of anger is something that you would need to deal with. And so the opposite of that is work on being calm and collected. Work on having a spirit that is, that is self-controlled. Amen? Number two, failing to assemble ourselves together. I know that sounds weird on a Wednesday night. You say, we're here. It's Wednesday. Keep coming. Don't stop. When a couple or a family or a person begins to miss a service, and then now it's two out of four, and, and then it's three out of five, and then now it's go a month and then a service, and then all of a sudden, how many know that they're not going to come back the other way? They're going to keep going out. We've all seen it. How long have you been in church? In any church in the world, you've seen it. You see somebody, we talk about getting them plugged in. 
Getting them plugged in means getting them involved in a ministry, getting them committed. You know why we're so adamant about getting you to do something? Because it helps you stay plugged in. It helps you stay accountable. It's not just because we, we want to say, oh, we got a bunch of people working in the church. We want you to stay plugged in. And so if we say we want you to serve in some capacity, whether it's the smallest thing of, of cleaning a toilet or the biggest thing of preaching a message or whatever in between, working with the kids, all the ministries, it's to help you commit. I mean, we struggle with committing a lot of times. Committing to something. So when you say, I'm going to be in the ministry, I want to serve. And then we say, okay, you've got to be at every service. And then once you've got to be at every service, you're like, man, you know, on Wednesday night... It's 5 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm not feeling that good, and I'm kind of tired. I'm just going to stay home. Oh, I can't. They're expecting me to be there. And so instead of staying home, you go to church. And God blesses you, and God speaks to you. And then you start to get into this routine where you start to build your schedule with God involved. Instead of the other way around. Now you're saying, man, when I make plans, i got to make sure that these nights and these days, I'm, I'm putting those for God, I'm putting those first. And you begin to build this commitment. And so failing to assemble yourselves together is dangerous. And many times those people get out there and they don't come back. Amen? So the opposite is don't miss. And I always like to say this. Listen, we understand. A car can break down. You can get sick. Work can run late. All kinds of things can happen. But always look at every service. Like that one service that I'm going to next could be the service that changes my life. The service that saves me from something. The service that, that, that calls me into the ministry. Whatever. You just got to look. Oh, it's just another service. No, it's not. Because if we're believing that the anointing is here tonight, he's speaking to our hearts. And a lot of times, church, he's saving us from something. Number three. Can't say this enough. This is still on number three. These are five things. Five bad habits. Lack of prayer and reading the Word. Man, you guys say that all the time. There's a reason. If you'll get in the discipline of having a routine of getting up in the morning for prayer, getting up in the morning, reading the Bible, if you do that, you're going to go someplace. But if you begin to lack, if you begin to lack, and then one day's, I didn't read it yesterday, I didn't read it yesterday and today, and then Friday comes, and I didn't read it since Monday. Man, I haven't prayed. I, I did a little popcorn thing. I said, Lord, thank you for the food, but I haven't, haven't made any time to be with God. Then you start getting out of that routine, and listen, that's, that's where the devil wants to come in. So just how many know of anything in life? When we have a routine, it helps us, right? And so we have to, we have to continue to pray and read the Bible. Listen, this is important. Reading the Bible will lessen your doubts. Man, what's going on in this world? You know, this isn't the time to be afraid, church. This is the time for us to stand up like we've never stood up before. This is the time for us to believe for a move of God like never before. Amen? Things are stacked against us in this world, but this is the time for us to stand up as a church and see a move of God. Amen? Not go backwards, but go forwards. And so reading the Bible will lessen your doubts. Not reading the Bible will increase your doubts. You think, man, this world's messed up. Not reading the Bible is going to make it worse. It's going to say, yeah, it is messed up, and it's not going to give you any answers. Amen. Same thing goes for prayer. Number four, so still on number three, of dealing with issues. Lack of integrity. Having a lack of integrity. Integrity is so important. Character, godly character. What is godly character? What you do, 
when nobody else is watching. Why do you get so quiet right there? Right? Amen? If you have a lack of integrity, if you have a lack of character, if there's an area in your life that you're hiding, if you're not an open book, if you're not transparent, that's a place where you can begin to fall, you can begin to fail. That's not dealing with issues. God wants you to be transparent. He wants you to have integrity. He wants you to have character. So you've got to work on having godly character. A lack of integrity doesn't only kill your spiritual growth, it'll rob you of the joy of your salvation. You know, it's, there's a joy in knowing that I don't have to hide anything. Can somebody say amen? There's a joy. And in, in, in if, if someone wants to see my cell phone, if someone wants to come over, if someone, whatever, I'm an open book. If you're an open book, there's a joy in that. You don't have anything to hide. You're not worried. You're not trying to get away with anything. It's a powerful thing. Last one, and I'm actually going to add one in a second. Five is selfishness. It's an issue we have to deal with. All of us. All of us have to be less selfish. Amen? The Bible talks in many verses about if we see the need of a brother and we don't help him, where's the love of God in us? And all of us need to say, Lord, help me with my, uns- with my selfishness. Help me to be unselfish. Help me to think more of others than I think of myself. How many know that's going to help us go the distance? Amen? And I'm going to add one that I didn't have there. You can't have a list without this one. Deal with unforgiveness. Deal with unforgiveness. You have to. You have to. Tell the person next to you, you have to do this. Tell the person next to you it's not an option. Tell the person next to you he's not kidding. Amen. This is not an option. Some people right there, they go, well, I got five out of six. Not bad. Five out of six would be a passing grade, not with forgiveness. You can get the other five right and not have forgiveness, and you fail got to have forgiveness. You have to say, Lord, remind me when I think of that person that I can't stand or they, they make me mad or they make me angry, remind me that I'm that person to somebody else. Remind me that I was that person when you forgave me. Amen? It's a tough issue, but you have to do that. I'm not trying to preach a forgiveness message because that could be every Sunday and every Wednesday. Amen. Last one, number four. Really important. Love serving God. Okay, now we're back to the fourth. Okay, that, that, those five there were on dealing with issues. Love serving God. Enjoy serving the Lord. Enjoy being a child of God. Enjoy being a, a, a heir to the king. To the king, amen? Amen. We are heirs to the king today. It don't matter what we have in our bank accounts. It don't matter what we lack in our bank accounts. It doesn't matter how our physical bodies feel. It doesn't matter how our families are. We are children of God tonight. And he has chosen us in this fourth quarter to serve him and live for him. And it is awesome. We should love the ministry. Love the opportunity to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Amen. Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to give you just a couple more verses. Verse 12. Rejoice. Tell the person next to you, rejoice. And be exceedingly glad. That's really happy. Now for some people that's different, amen? Some people show exceedingly glad different. But we need to rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Why? For great is your reward in heaven. That's why I just said love the ministry. Love the ministry because everything we do for the Lord is going to be rewarded. 
Every sacrifice you make, every dime you give, every prayer you do, everything you do for the Lord is going to be rewarded. So he says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So they know what that means to me. We're gonna have, the problems are obvious. Right? Let's stop complaining about the problems, focusing on the problems. Those are obvious. We're going to have those. Amen? And last verse as I close. Musicians, you can begin to come. Psalms 35, verse 9. It's just kind of a piggyback scripture. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. My soul, how many know when it says my soul, that's not just my mind, that's everything about me. Everything I am, everything I have rejoices in the Lord. That's why I can get up and say, Lord, that God is good. Without having anything good happen today. Did y'all catch that? You don't have to have something good happen to say God is good. You just know he's good. And that's the great thing. Our our happiness doesn't depend on the weather. It doesn't depend on the election. It doesn't depend on our health. It doesn't depend on our bank accounts. It doesn't depend on what's going on in the other side of the world. Our joy comes from who Jesus is. Amen. My soul is joyful. And it says, it shall rejoice in what? Salvation. You know what you got to do every, every once in a while, maybe every day? Just think about where you're supposed to be. Remember where we're supposed to be. Where we were supposed to go. Where we were headed. And now we're not. We're still getting it all together. We're still trying to fix some things, but we're not going to hell anymore. Amen. We've been rescued. We've been bought with the price. And so God says, I, I, I'm going to give you some things here tonight that will help you go the distance. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the presence of the Lord that's here tonight. We thank you for your presence and your grace and your goodness. We thank you, God, that we're going to go the distance. And the main reason is, is it's not by our might. and It's not by our power. It's by your spirit says the Lord. Jesus, I thank you that you're in this place tonight. I thank you that you're touching hearts all across this sanctuary. I thank you that you're challenging us and encouraging us. I thank you, Lord, that you're reminding us that you have already gone to the cross. You have already defeated the devil. You've already won the race. You've already finished everything. All we got to do is keep our eyes on you. All we got to do is stay in the race. But God, we need tonight your anointing. We need your spirit and your power to flow through us. So that when we witness, they won't be hearing our voice. They'll be hearing yours. When we pray for somebody, they will be healed. They will be delivered. They will want the Jesus that we're preaching to them. Help us tonight, God, to hear your voice. Help us all individually, Lord, to learn how to spend time with you. And hear your, war, your voice in the midst of so much chaos in this world. To take time to spend with you. Father, help us tonight to deal with these issues. There's a bunch of things. We're constantly saying, Lord, search my heart. Search me and know me. See if there's anything in me that's wicked. See if there's unforgiveness. See if there's a, a bad temper. 
See if the, the world's pulling me to, to not make church a priority. Help me in these things. And Lord, most importantly, remind me every day how awesome it is to be a child of God. We rejoice tonight in who you are. Father, forgive us tonight for the times when we're not happy. Forgive us for the times when we act spoiled sometimes. And we forget who you are. We forget that we're not praying to some God that listens every once in a while, but we're praying to the God, the creator of the universe, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Master, the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords. How many tonight all over this place, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, could be honest with God and say, you know, I'm, I'm hearing this message and I know tonight that I'm not part of the kingdom of God. I know that I'm a sinner tonight and I need to be saved. I know that I fall short of the glory of God and tonight I want to put Jesus as Lord over my life because He deserves it. I believe He died on the cross for my sins and He rose from the dead. All over this place, how many could be honest and say, Pastor, would you lift me up in prayer tonight just by putting up your hand and putting it right back down and say, I've never said that prayer, but tonight... I want to make a public declaration. Just put it up. Put it right back down all over this place. That's me. That's me. I'm not sure where I'd go tonight if I died. Maybe you're watching right now online. You're listening on Facebook or watching on YouTube. You're listening on the podcast. We're going to go offline in just a minute. We're going to have a time of prayer at the altar, but I want to talk to you and those that are here tonight in the sanctuary just pray with me and agree with me that the Lord would speak tonight to any person watching that's not saved we're all going to say a prayer because this is what it's all about a prayer of admission that I'm a sinner and I need a savior if you're watching Jesus loves you tonight he died on the cross for your sins he's got a great plan for you and tonight we rejoice in his in his mercy and his grace as we stand tonight all over this place, I want you just to stay in this spirit of, of prayer and this attitude of prayer. And I want us to all just say together the sinner's prayer for those that are listening online, and those that are watching online. You know, we have a lot of people who listen on the podcasts. From, we were looking the other day from all over the world, different places, different countries. And tonight might be the night someone's listening and they're crying out to God and they're saying, I need a change. It's not all about just here. Amen. God's doing things outside of the wall, four walls as well. So let's say this together. Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace and your plan of salvation. I admit to you tonight that I'm a sinner and I fall short of your glory. Jesus, would you have mercy on me tonight? Would you forgive me tonight as I place my faith in you I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that you, Jesus Christ, are Lord. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe you rose from the dead to defeat death so I could be saved. You took my place. Thank you for washing me clean tonight. Thank you for forgiving me from all of my sins. I surrender to you tonight and I make a decision that I'm going to 
discipline my life. And I'm going to become a disciple. And I'm going to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give a big praise of thanksgiving for those that are watching online, listening online tonight. We rejoice with you tonight if you made that decision. Amen. Now as we go offline, we're going to open.